Welcome to the Palmetto Street Church of God message podcast. We pray that you are inspired by today's message, and we hope that you share and subscribe to this podcast so that the gospel of Jesus Christ can go forth and reach many people in our world today. Enjoy the message. So first, I want to say Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there and grandmothers and people who get called Mama or Ma. <laughs> Lots of names now. So Happy Mother's Day. Um, I am happy to be here. I'm honored to be standing here. I didn't take it lightly when he asked me. I told him no about 1,200 times, but he's persistent. <laughs> That's what you can say about him. Or he just says, yeah, you're going to do it. So um, here we are. So I'm going to dive straight into the scripture for today. And I have two different things that we're going to be referencing, but I'm going to start with the scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. So we're going to talk about, it's not mentioned there, but we're going to talk about Moses' mom, Echabod. Echabed, I just said, (laughs) sorry. I've been practicing that, I promise. (laughs) But um, we're going to talk about her this morning, and we're going to learn some things from her that I hope will help some mamas out here today and those watching online. But I just want you to go with me in prayer now. We're just going to pray over the scripture and we're going to pray over the service. God, I thank you for the chance to be standing here. I thank you for all these people that are in this service. I thank you for moms. And God, I pray that you would just use me, use this scripture and use these words to go straight to the heart of the listener. God, I pray that you would just anoint it. And I pray that you would calm nerves and help your word be heard and nothing else. In your name we pray, amen. All right, you may be seated. So the title of this is when it's hard to let go. There's lots of things that you can say are hard to let go, but we're going to talk about children for a little bit. Um, The scripture we read, it spoke about Moses' parents. You heard it say, said his parents had a baby, but it did not say anybody's name, but we're going to focus on the mom because it's Mother's Day. Um, her name is not mentioned, but it's Jochebed. Let's just say if she's mentioned in Hebrews 11 with all the giants in the face, she's a pretty big deal. Um, but she's worthy of us digging into a little bit. She was used by God to save Moses, who in turn saved a whole nation of people. Uh, but not without a plan. She had a plan. She had to execute it. She didn't know what it was going to look like, but she had her plan. I don't know about any of y'all in here, but I like a plan. Neil, not so much. I know that's a shocker, (laughs) but he's okay with just saying, yeah, let's do this. But me, I like a checklist. When When we go on vacation, I clean my house like I'm putting it on the market. Uh, top to bottom, clean out the fridge, take out the trash. I have a check, literally a checklist in my phone with the little circles beside it, and you can check it when they're done. I like it clean. I want to see the vacuum lines when I leave. And when I get home, I can throw myself in the washing machine. There's nothing there waiting that smells. I'm good. 
sometimes Neil will say, I thought I told you we were leaving at 9. I'm like, no, you told me at 11. No, we're leaving at 9, and it's 8.30. Well, <laughs> I have to consolidate my list. I have to run around like a chicken with my head cut off. Neil's like, it can, that can wait, that can wait. I'm, no, it cannot. He's okay with altering the plan. I am not. I get it done with the consolidation. He might not be happy because it may be 9.15. So the first 30 minutes of the trip might be a little awkward, but it's all right. It got it done. But that's, plans don't always work out. Jacobed had a plan, and hers did not work out. She had to execute it very differently than she thought she was going to, but she did it. So we're going to talk about the three things that she did that helped her get through her time when she needed to execute a plan a little differently and hope that we can put some of those into our lives. If we look back in Exodus chapter 1, it tells the story of what's going on, all the background information. Um, the Israelites are still in Egypt. Joseph had brought his family. He brought his brothers. They had kids. They had kids. Then they had kids. All these people, they're just growing and growing. Well, then a new king comes into town, old Pharaoh, and he doesn't know who Joseph is. So he's like, what's this big deal about what this man did? I don't know him. But all he sees are all these Israelites growing, and he sees danger. And he said, well, you know, if they become friends with somebody and we go to war, they team up, we're done because they're bigger than us, they're stronger than us. We, I got to do something. I'm in charge now. So he says, I'm going to take all the Hebrew boys that are born and we're going to kill them. But he had Hebrew midwives. <laughs> and they had the favor of the Lord. So that it didn't happen. He says, how did you let that happen? Oh, well, you know, they came up with their excuses, but God found favor. He says, okay, th so that's not going to work. So you're, every Hebrew boy that's born, you're going to throw him into the Nile River. That's not the P.D. River. We're talking about crocodiles. So when you put a baby in water, anyway, the chance of survival is not looking too good when you're not there with them. But now you have crocodiles to factor in, too. So he's really trying to cover all of his bases to make sure that no Hebrew boy lives. But it didn't quite work out the way he thought. Okay, so here we have Jochebed in the middle of all this. She's expecting a baby. And she knows the danger. She knows what's happening. Can you imagine how she felt? Mamas, this world's a scary enough place. But you got somebody coming after your, own, your baby boy. Something about mama's boys, right? <laughs> Don't mess with them. But her faith carried her. She knew God had her. She knew she had to do what she had to do to protect her son. She does three things that ensure the plan for Moses' life and make sure it's carried out. So we're going to talk about those three things. First, you have to know your position. In Exodus 2, 1, and then half a 2, it says, About this time a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She knew her position. She's having a baby. She knew her position. She's a slave. 
She knew her position, her child is supposed to be killed. She knew all those things. This is an ordinary woman. Her name is not mentioned, but God uses her, and she executes the plan with excellence. Um, She's in a position to lose her baby. She knew that God could and would give her unique grace for the child being born into that danger. Times today are dangerous. I hear people, I know you do, all the time, I don't want to bring a child into this world. This is a crazy world. If I, I'm glad my parents had me because I'm not having any more kids. It is a scary world, but God has grace and unique grace for children born into times like this. And so if you're fearful of having children, if you say, I don't want to be a mama, I don't want to be a daddy, and you're your relationship, your husband, your wife, they're good with it. That's y'all's decision, but don't be fearful. They're an inheritance of the Lord, and he's called us to protect them, and he gives us the grace we need to do it. So walk in that. So Jacobed also knows that they are not going to be in this position forever. Look around us. Times are crazy. I look at stuff that my son, my 15-year-old sees and is around him in his face, and I'm like, it was not like that when I was in school. You know, I actually went to school when I was in high school. I didn't have one class and then get to go do stuff all day. They kept me occupied all day. It's different. High school's different. Metal detectors. Bathrooms in high schools are different. I'm not going to go into all that, but you know, you see it. So they knew that they weren't going to be there forever. The Israelites knew it. We have to know that too. We're not going to be in this position forever. We have it in black and white. They lived strictly on their faith and said, God, I know we're in captivity now, but not forever. I know we're, going, we're slaves right now, not forever. Y'all, he did everything he could to keep them down as slaves and still they grew and they kept growing and they kept multiplying and they kept singing their praises and they kept their faith in God so he's trying to do everything he can but they're like oh too bad our God is bigger (laughs) sorry for you we know we have to know that it's not going to be like this forever they knew God would rescue them and we have to know that God's coming to rescue us the next thing that she did, she knew her plan. You have to know your plan. When we look back at Exodus 2, the second half of the first verse, and then we're going to read through verse 9. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at, at a distance, watching to see what, happened, what would happen to him. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river. It's pretty neat. You know, God's not a God of coincidence. <laughs> and her, atten- her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent the maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it up, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. 
This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Just so happened to be his sister, who happened to know who this baby's mama was? No, <laughs> not just happened. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. She had a plan. She followed through. And God's plan is continuing to unfold. It's not a coincidence that Miriam was there watching her brother. It's not a coincidence that Pharaoh's daughter found the baby. Not a crocodile. And it's not a coincidence that she got to have her baby back. Just for a little bit of time. But she had her baby back. Jochebed knew her plan. She looked at Moses and she knew he was special. I told Neil, every mama in here is going to say, well, my baby's special. I know. <laughs> I feel you. Your babies can do no wrong until they reach a certain age. And your baby is the most special baby in the world. There's something different here. Something different. She decided to hide him. A baby. I don't know about y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ashton was a great baby. He didn't cry a whole lot. He ate on a schedule. He slept all night. He, did, he wasn't scared of strangers. He, anybody could hold him. But when he was very strict on his schedule, if it was 11 o'clock and it's 11.02 and he doesn't see that bottle coming, you're going to hear him. So how in the world did she keep this baby protected for three months? This is how babies communicate. They cry when they're hungry. They cry when they're what, everything. They can't talk. But she knew she had to hide him just three months. Just three months. That's, that's a very difficult task at hand, hiding a baby. But she did it. The next step, three months, she decides, I got to keep following through. She puts him in a basket, puts him in the Nile River. This shows a lot about Jochebed right there. Her courage, her faith, and her willingness to obey. I'm thinking, I've already made it three months. We can do a little something. We could work something out. Aiden was a big baby. Well, by the time he was three, he looked five. I could have been like, oh, you know, Pharaoh, he was already here. Let me hide him a little bit longer. I'm sure those thoughts went through her mind, but she had to follow the plan. She knew the plan. Those crocodiles, she's putting them in faith, putting him there in faith. The plan's probably a little different than she expected probably different than most expecting mothers and mothers with a newborn but she had to keep going with that plan the plan worked Miriam, Moses' sister, watched the baby until Pharaoh's daughter spotted him then she worked it out for Jochebed to nurse Moses she had him during the formative years of her life of his life she was able to put everything that she thought was important into him, speak over him, pray over him wrap those little protective layers around him but she did it she knew she had to do it but she had to give him back 
All babies grow up, right? <laughs> so as long as he was needing to be nursed, she was able to be what he needed. But he grew up. And she had to take him back to Pharaoh's daughter. For me, that's the hardest part, this part. That's, <laughs> but she did it. We're going to read the last part, the verse 10 in chapter 2. Later when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. Now, there's another version of it and it says, and the child grew and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. Okay, I'm giving him up. I'm giving him to you. That's tough. She prayed for that baby. She hid that baby, risking her life. She gave him away once and put him in the Nile River, and then he's brought back to her just to have him stripped away again. But she did it willingly because it was part of the plan. But she knew when to let go, and that's what we have to know. We have to know when to let go. She did not... Let Moses go into nothing. Just here, good luck. She put Moses, she placed Moses into the hands of the Lord. So when she did that, she knew, I've done all I can do. God's got him now. The plan will continue to unfold because I did my part. As parents, we have a process with children. The fun part Having the children, baby showers, gender reveals, those have gotten really extravagant now. We just popped a balloon. But you get to decorate the nursery. You get to have the baby. That's a whole day in itself, a whole new excitement. Then you get to raise them, all these little sweet first. You know, the first time they eat solid food and it's all over their face, and you think it's so cute, but when they're 15 and it's all over their face, not quite as cute. All the first, you raise them. ER visits, baseball games, <laughs> stitches, bruises, everything. You're there for it. But then we get to the point where we have to release the children that were born to us. We've done all that we can. You have to truly put them in the hands of the Lord. So we had baby dedication today. And we said, we're giving them back to God. He gave them to us. We're giving them back but there comes a point where you're tested. Did you really mean those words that you said when your baby was so cute and matching outfits and everything was good and got your certificate? Did you really mean that? Are you willing to follow the plan, know your position, and know when to let go? There was a um, New York firefighter that told a story of a burning building in Brooklyn. It was an apartment building. There was a lady on the third floor and when they pulled up, all they could see is a lady hanging out the window with smoke billowing behind her. And so all these college students are on the sidewalk trying to see what's happening. And the lady starts screaming, and she says, her baby, my baby, my baby. And she drops her baby out of a third-story window into the arms of one of those college kids. And they're like, how in the world? The firefighters, of course, rescued the mom, brought her down. They could not believe that she would just drop her baby 
into a sidewalk of people and just hope that somebody's going to catch him. And the college student was able to perform CPR on the baby, get in the medical attention they needed. And she said, I prayed that God would protect my baby and that somebody would get him and save him. I just had to let go. That's faith. Ours may not look like that, literally dropping a baby. Ours, we may not be putting our baby in a basket. I don't suggest it. Not to put it in the Nile River. As mothers, we do everything we can to protect our babies. But are we letting go? I'm not saying you give up on them. Don't throw in the towel and say, I let go of it. Are we putting them into God's hands? People say, oh, I raised my babies in church. I know they'll come back. And that's true. We lay the foundation. That's what we're told in Scripture to do. I heard somebody say that made it a little bit different for me. He said, you can't save your children. You can't sanctify your children. But you can stack that dry wood around their heart. And when the Holy Ghost sparks that dry wood, there's a fire that cannot be extinguished. That we can't do it, but God can. Hannah had to let go of Samuel. Mary had to let go of Jesus. Jochebed is at the point. She had to let go of Moses. But Moses, in turn, he had the the foundation from his mom. He had everything, the nurture, the love. I mean, you can input so much into children during those formative years. But he had the education of the Egyptians. And he used that to come back and say, let my people go. And he saved a whole nation of people. A whole nation. What will your children do? What will God use your children for? We think we can do everything. Mamas, we can't. It looks different in every situation. Your baby may be 35 years old and just get to the point where you have to say, all right, God, he's in your hands. Your baby girl could be 12 when you say, she's in your hands. You're not giving up. You're not stopping the prayer. You're not stopping the fasting. You're not stop, you don't stop believing that God's hand is on that child and gonna use that child. But you have to stop acting. God has to do the rest. You've done everything you can. You know your position. You know where you stand. You know your plan. You've followed it through. You've executed. It may twist and turn and do stuff and put your baby in the crocodile's way, but you followed it. Now you have to know when to let go. You've done all you can. Now it's time to let them go and put them in the Lord's hands.
So if there's a mama here today and you say, it's time, it's time for me to let my babies go. Not that I'm giving up, not that I'm saying, throwing in the towel or waving the white flag and surrender and saying, okay, enemy, you went. No, <laughs> this is a whole nother level. You're taking your child where nobody can get to them. God's hand. No devil can touch that. So if you're at that point and you say, oh, all right, God, I've done everything I can, then I won't, this is for you. But you've got to let it go. Stack the dry wood and watch the spark take over. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you are inspired by today's message. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and to follow us on our social media. If you would like to give to this ministry, visit us at pscog.org. Stay safe and have an incredible day in Jesus' name.